Welcome back to Women in Product Marketing. Today's episode is with Kelly Farrell from LinkedIn, awarded PMM Newcomer of the Year in 2020. I love this episode because it's a bit of a twist from the guests we've had so far. Kelly is newer in her PMM career, and we dive into her fresh perspective of planning her roots in product marketing, overcoming her fears, and establishing important product marketing skills along the way. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It is the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, so things that you liked or things you want to hear more of, please send me a note on LinkedIn or feel free to email podcasts at sharebird.com. All right, let's do this. Hello and welcome to Women in Product Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Sheehan, and I'm so excited today to be able to chat with Kelly Farrell, Associate Product Marketer at LinkedIn, who was recently voted Product Marketing Newcomer of the Year by the Product Marketing Alliance. This episode will take a slightly different focus as we'll talk to someone newly in the role to get their take on how to become an amazing product marketer. Welcome, Kelly. So excited to have you all the way from London. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm really excited to be here. First time ever on a podcast. So yeah, curious and excited to get going. And we have been talking for months about this concept. So I am really pumped that we are here today being able to chat. And one thing I wanted to kick it off with that I've been asking all of our guests is what is something that you've done that scared you lately? Yeah, so something that I've been doing that's been pushing me out of maybe my comfort zone has been getting my voice out there a bit more and in more public speaking engagements, I guess. It's something that I, for the first few years of my career, I would have shied away from a lot. I think it's easy sometimes when you're a bit younger, a bit earlier in your career, to feel like you don't really have an authority on a subject matter or you haven't really found like your shtick, something that you really want to talk about. So very much just been trying to get over that and I think in the it's kind of been almost easier in like in the virtual world to get involved more in virtual events as opposed to in-person events in terms of kind of easing yourself into it you can almost pretend you're presenting just to yourself to your laptop instead of that room full of people so that's been something that I thought I've been doing more recently that I would say that has scared me I recently like did a live broadcast on LinkedIn to a couple hundred people on like I have as part of a go-to-market that I was working on a piece of thought leadership. So that was really pushing me outside of my comfort zone and something that if you told me three and a half years ago when I joined the marketing team at LinkedIn, like I wouldn't have believed you. Like I used to get nervous going around the room and someone asked me what my name and what my role was. So <laughs> to think that I've kind of maybe gone on that journey personally and I'm now kind of in that space where I'm trying to talk and own a conversation or a topic a bit more is uh, yeah, something I'm proud of and kind of continually working on. I love it. I love that you are leaning in so much to something that scares you, including maybe doing this podcast, putting your voice out there. So you are doing awesome. (laughs) I love that. Absolutely. (laughs) That's so great. And what an experience so far to speak in front of 200 people. I mean, I have had similar experiences this year where the virtual setup, I think is a lot easier, but I get just as nervous actually, or maybe even more nervous than when I'm speaking in person because you can't kind of talk to the person in the side on the green room to kind of calm you down. You're like, 
here I am. I'm just going for it. So I applaud you for really going for it in terms of <laughs> leading into something that you're really scared of. And I'd love to talk a little bit about your role today. So you're an associate product marketing manager at LinkedIn. Can you tell us a little bit more? I think a lot of the folks on this podcast know about LinkedIn, but would love to hear more about what you do specifically within that context and within that role. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for LinkedIn, but specifically on our marketing solutions business, which is the side of LinkedIn that houses all of our advertising products, our paid advertising products and our organic marketing solutions as well, more recently. So lots of people know LinkedIn as a place where people go to look for jobs, but there's actually like four distinct business lines. So we have our talent business line, marketing, sales and learning. So I'm on the marketing side. So I am marketing to marketers. So it's an interesting opportunity in a role for me because I'm basically talking and marketing to people like just like me. So that is something I really enjoy and it helps with like that empathy piece, which is so important for product marketing too, because you feel like you're talking to your peers and your friends essentially when you're building campaigns. So I drive, I'm a regional product marketer based out of London. So I'm one of two people responsible for product marketing for my business line across EMEA and LATAM which often surprises people that there's only, say, the two of us in market. We work really closely with our, say, the global product marketing team, which are based in the US and sit closer to our product management function. But the main difference, I guess, is that we sit across the entire product portfolio, whereas in the US, it's a lot more people are mapped more specifically to just one or two product areas. So it's kind of that more generalist role as opposed to being really specialized. But where our specialism comes in is being that voice for our customers and salespeople in region and really advocating for those groups of people to our global counterparts. So that is kind of, I guess, in a large organization like where I work at LinkedIn, like that main difference between working region in a global role. Thanks so much for sharing that. I think that's a really great insight for people to hear that aren't used to working with global companies, how some of them might be organized. So thank you for drilling in there. And how did you get started with product marketing? I'd love to hear more about your career path. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out in LinkedIn actually as an intern on our account management team, which is part of our sales organization. So really client facing, working with customers every day. And I, while I was studying marketing in university and really loved working with customers, I'd always previously just growing up, I'd always worked in the service industry and like working with customers in stores and restaurants. That was just felt like an natural fit for me but saying that there while I loved that aspect of it there was something that was missing for me and I think that was that creative aspect of marketing which I really love and while I was working in the sales organization I became really interested in the products that we were selling and how when a cost like depending on how successful a customer was with our products like their propensity of spending more with us and also just building more affinity and love for the brand and like how powerful our products are to that and um, I think that 
that I hadn't really realized that before I worked within like that sales organization. So I guess when deciding that I wanted to be a product marketer, I didn't actually know what product marketing was. I just knew that I wanted something that had this intersectionality between working with the product organization, having influence in what we're going to be giving our customers, being in that client and sales facing space, and then being able to express myself creatively. And I think I saw like this was maybe six years ago. I remember seeing this very crude kind of Venn diagram online and seeing like a customer that was sales, a customer that was product, a circle that was marketing and like that intersection in the middle, there was a little arrow and that was product marketing. And I was, yeah, it was just that light bulb moment of, oh yeah, that's it. There's a world exists and that's exactly what I want to do. So when I came back to LinkedIn after my degree, when I was interviewing for a marketing position, which was like an entry level marketing position, like a coordinator role, which was going to be spanning across lots of different types of marketing from my very, in every single interview, even though wasn't a product marketing role I said from day one this is what I want to do and this is the direction that I'm trying to get myself into so it's a funny story actually because I that particular marketing role I went got all the way to the final round and I didn't actually get the role and really disappointed it was yeah like something that yeah kind of had to lick my wounds for a few days but it was interesting because about a week later I got a phone call saying that someone within that hiring process like really liked me and that he came from a product marketing background himself hearing my passion for the role he actually ended up creating a new position on his team for me in London and six weeks later I was in London working as like a marketing coordinator within the product and field marketing function and then that through that after a few years I was able to move into a dedicated product marketing role so I guess the big lesson learned there was just making your intentions clear to people because you just never know when the dots will be connected and that might make someone think about you for a certain role and yeah I guess that passion kind of came through in those conversations and yeah that's how I kind of navigated my way in from the beginning so it wasn't like a straight journey by any means but we got there in the end I love that. I feel like that is really something that's not talked about enough that if you are passionate about something in your interview process with mentors or friends or business contacts or on LinkedIn or however, you know, you're connecting with the world, if you're passionate about something, there will be opportunities that come in. So that is so awesome that they created a role with you in mind and then actually were able to funnel it eventually into a product marketing career, which is so great. Did you do anything in that marketing coordinator role or even before that to prepare for the ultimate goal of being a product marketer? Was there any specific trainings that you took or anyone you shadowed or did you do anything that might be useful for the listeners? So one thing that I'd say that I did was started making as many connections as I could with the product marketing organization internally once I was at LinkedIn and got access to that community of colleagues. So they have all been extremely amazing and amazingly helpful throughout my journey. But I I guess like putting my hand up for any opportunity that got me involved in a go-to-market, even if it was just something as simple as sourcing a few case studies or gosh, you know, doing a light competitive and that competitor analysis for my now manager who was the sole product marketer in region at the time. 
setting up a relationship with the product marketing um, team, which was just like I said, that one person was really important and developing that kind of mentoring and that learning relationship quite early on. And yeah, I guess getting involved as well. So there's that internal community aspect that I really work towards, but then also external communities that have been a huge surge in these communities popping up over the last number of years, one of which that I've been kind of involved in since in the early days, like the Product Marketing Alliance. So Richard King, who leads that, like there's some amazing resources there for people just getting started, be it courses, be it other people knowledge sharing. So just even if you don't contribute to those communities, being just like there in the background, taking it all in again, it just gives you more and more insight about product marketing and also just making sure that it is the path for you as well, because you want to, I guess, do as much research as possible before making that jump. So yeah, I think just definitely leveraging those internal and external communities and finding that tribe of people. That's such good advice. Yeah, I recently told someone on my team to take some of the courses on Product Marketing Alliance and ask them to just note their energy levels and to really say, are you super fired up about this? Because if you are not, you probably are not going to want to be a product marketer. But I watch that kind of content and I'm like, yes, this makes sense. All of the intersections you were talking about with customer sales, go-to-market, marketing, product, those are the things that really excite me. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's okay. I think it's as important to learn those lessons of what you don't want to do for anything that you're pursuing than those that you do. So I love that you brought that And then I think there, you tapped on a secret of the product marketing world, which is that we are often under-resourced and often have the opportunity to do these smaller projects that would be really helpful for our teams, but also really helpful in terms of career building for you. So you mentioned the competitive intel and some case studies, and I've had folks do that in the past and also social media posts and things like that. There's just, there's a hodgepodge of things product marketers do that are all extremely valuable and it can help give someone else that's kind of learning about the role than that experience level. So don't be afraid to ask and follow through and do those projects like Kelly did. I think that's such a good way to think about things. So you talked a little bit about the lessons learned about becoming a product marketer and kind of the hiring process. Have you had any lessons learned thus far as a product marketer or maybe even things you might do differently if you had known back when? Yeah, so I've absolutely loved my last few years. It's been a dream come true being able to call myself a product marketer, especially, I guess, in Europe, where it's a little bit more of an up and coming role. Again, like even in the last year, I've seen more and more of these roles in the UK and in Ireland. But yes, there's definitely been lots of things I've learned, one of which is, yeah, building great relationships with your sales teams is super important. So especially in a regional product marketing role, what which stood out to me a lot is as a product marketer working in region in a global company, you might be the closest thing to an engineer or a product manager in region because in a lot of these global companies that is all built in the US. So in terms of having that knowledge, you are sometimes like the gatekeeper of that knowledge. So building that relationship with your sales team so that they see you as that expert, that product person who can support them and help them out is something that's really important and something that I've worked really hard on. And that is kind of everything just from 
building regular communication cadences with your sales teams, be it keeping them in the know about new products, be it letting them know when something is wrong in a timely fashion, as well supporting them with around stressful sales periods, QBRs, stuff like that. And yeah, this can all be done in lots of different ways. Like one thing that I really like to do is to come to sales meetings or join their, we call them like pursuit plans in LinkedIn, like these kind of sales, these sales strategy or planning sessions to really understand, okay, what is it that they care about and how is it that I can help them the most in my role as a product marketer? So that has been something that I have really learned because on the flip side, like I love being able to help my sales team, but at the same time, there's times where I need their help and that might be getting access to a customer so I can talk to them about their experience with the product or maybe getting a customer to partner with us on a case study around the time of a launch and you know, the sales team are, have have those have those relationships as well. So it, it goes both ways and just understand, like having that empathy and understanding goes a long way then when you're asking your sales team for those favors per se. That's so great. And then sitting with them and understanding their pain points too, I think it makes it a lot easier to push back when they ask for 16 vertical yeah. specific <laughs> one sheets. <laughs> you can kind of say, actually, it seems like from the information I have heard sitting in on our meetings all these weeks, here are the priorities as I've done them and here's how I can help you. So I think it goes both ways too. So I love that you shared that. And just wanted to kind of call out that you have had a lot of, let's call them specializations within product marketing. And we've been talking a lot on the podcast about kind of full stack product marketers, meaning they kind of do it all from end to end market validation to launch and beyond into sales enablement. And then there's also this approach of specialization, but it sounds like, and especially I would imagine from your regional standpoint, you are more of a full stack product marketer. So you focus kind of on launches, understanding that customer for your markets, and then also doing sales enablement. Can you talk about some of those different areas of specialization? And I guess, do you consider yourself a quote unquote, full stack product marketer? I would say that is my the ultimate goal. I think that I have definitely gotten a lot of experience more in that outbound product marketing so far. So the go-to-market end of things, yeah, sales enablement, like you've said. And yeah, I work with um, our customers in region to do some regional validation of product concepts. I think that that's something that I would love to get a lot closer to going forward. I have a huge interest and a hunger to do more of that kind of work. So in terms of my current specialization, yeah, go-to-market strategy for my region is definitely my bread and butter and I think that for any product marketer starting out that's what your number one focus should be I believe so a manager of mine once told me that in one way it doesn't really matter if you've done like three go-to markets or like 300 there's like a certain you know when he's like hiring someone there's a certain like the guess formula for a lot of them that you have to like master and that that is going to be what takes you through your career when especially when you're going to be talking to other organizations like I'd be keen to get your perspective on that as well but yeah from a go-to-market perspective I work really really closely with my global PMMs who work very closely with our product team and bring that product concept that's ready to launch and then for me I want to make sure that the messaging and what we're saying about this product or concept is going to 
land regionally or this is something that my region is going to care about and EMEA and LATAM are quite it's interesting because you can't really have them you can't really just use like that blanket approach because you'll notice there's such cultural differences between different markets and that's like one of my favorite things about my role is kind of understanding and navigating that and baking that into my go-to-market so it's up to me to the global counterparts about these nuances and they have so much trust in me to advise what to do or to say to maybe change a go-to-market a little bit depending on how I think it might land in region or if I want to add an element in that I think would is going to really make it special for me and Latam so I think that's like my specialty or when I think about other guest product marketers that I work with and yes I think another one is championing the customer and making them the star I project manage our customer success story program and I love that our customers if they can be at the center of the stars of our product launches and to show off that the amazing work that they're doing that we're enabling and trying to understand how in all of our marketing materials how we can get that customer voice in there is something that I'm really passionate about as well. That's so great. And I love the comment about the three to 300 go to market strategies. It's all kind of the same. I love that it's specifically three because I do think that there is so much mm. that you learn on your first launch or go to market yeah. after. <laughs> And I actually think you learn something every time and you're kind of scaling or working with a different set of customers and all of that, but there's probably a quantum leap between one and three yeah. <laughs> and from then on. But yeah, I'd say after you do five to 10, you're pretty much an expert at it and you can just kind of do it with your eyes closed. So that's a good mark in the sand to have for those of you that are just starting out and kind of getting into it. It does get easier after you do that first one it might seem kind of done yes 100% like I think one thing that's been really interesting for me is that because I feel like I've had a lot of my first PMM moments virtually like all of you know my first go to market first big like sales enablement like training that I ran internally all of that stuff I've just ran from here in my kitchen which is interesting so yeah like instead of I guess maybe in an office environment which I think usually after maybe a big launch activity we would do a big big kind of celebration so yeah it's you you a lot of champagne (laughs) yeah (laughs) all over (laughs) exactly oh my gosh well and then I love that your experience has helped you create what I'll call some thought leadership content in the space that is super timely can you tell us a little bit more around a recent piece that you launched the state of virtual events I can't think think of anything that is more prescient than right now (laughs) this topic I know right yeah so that is like you said a piece of research that I've recently worked on and the thinking or the strategy behind that from a product marketing perspective and kind of to our just our last talking point there of every go-to-market being kind of slightly different in terms of how you might go about your messaging strategy so I guess some go-to-markets I've worked on have been more like feature-led in terms of the messaging we'll go for this is the product and it does xyz and those are probably related to products that we've already have in a certain family or yeah it's a kind of a familiar concept for us but the reason we kind of went with this approach this thought leadership approach was because we were launching we were very much diversifying into a brand new space as an organization and that was going into enabling brands to lot to host virtual events on the platform we a lot of pmms will probably be like have had the experience over the last year of their roadmap very much changing with the environment that we've all been living in in the last year with the pandemic 
So our virtual events area of our product roadmap accelerated extremely quickly. And it was almost like working in a startup in a very large organization for a few months because we brought our virtual event offering to market very quickly. But there's kind of a challenge because you don't really think about LinkedIn as somewhere you might host an event. We'd only in recent years, I guess, you know, you could almost say that we've only gotten to the place where people maybe see us as more as just somewhere someone can go to find a job. So we're really pushing the boat on that a little bit further. So this um, piece of thought leadership was really to help um, position us in this space, to give people information to help them benchmark themselves against their peer set in, in how they're like thinking about virtual events and all of that. So the piece of research we commissioned and that I worked on was based on the experience of the virtual event organizer as opposed to the delegate and explores things such as what to prioritize in if your budget's been tightened, what skills are going to be important for the future when we come out of the pandemic, what's going to be the breakdown between in-person, virtual, the hybrid event that everyone's talking about, what do budgets look like for the coming year? So giving marketers the tools to, I guess, if you have conversations with leadership in terms of like getting budget for their virtual event strategy, as well as just kind of understanding their other marketers feeling like this. And there's research that backs this up. So this piece of thought leadership, I guess, is upper funnel piece of content, which we could then bring people down the journey to say that this is maybe how you would activate this on our platform and introduce our products in that way. So I loved working on this project. It was my first big research project as well, which was quite scary as someone who, yeah, that was something that was, I guess, intimidating for me. So I'm glad that I was able to take that on. And then we were really able to develop this story afterwards. And yeah, it's just a kind of different way of looking at a launch instead of focusing on the features. You're really trying to build an authority around a subject and then bring the products in later on. Well, it sounds like it's been really successful so far. So congratulations on that. That's so exciting. I feel like those kinds of seminal papers are really important in your career, but also to branch out into a new category and kind of establish your company as an expert in a certain different area. So that research can be really powerful. And I love that you didn't just use it necessarily for the product validation or that roadmap that's really accelerating, but it might've influenced it, it's also something that you could package and that's really helpful for your user audience. So giving things more legs is something I've always been a fan of as a product marketer and sounds like you've done a fantastic job at that. And moving on to change the topic just a little bit, I'd love to know if you have yet had a time where you feel like you've failed as a PMM. Is there a circumstance you can think of and anything that you've learned from that? Maybe a launch that didn't go quite as well or communication, anything that you can share that will be a lesson learned for the listeners? Yeah. So I think that because I guess I'm in the infancy of my product marketing career, I can right at this point, I can say that I haven't had, like said, a bombed launch. I'm sure that that is definitely something that will happen as it's probably a rite of passage that um, <laughs> everyone has to go through. So yeah, I think that I just, it's funny because sometimes because I don't have this exact anecdote that a lot of more seasoned product marketers will talk about, I feel a little bit like that's a bit like of a failing, weirdly. I think that 
that I kind of have redefined what failure means to me in a way. And it's maybe not necessary when something went completely wrong, but there's been a lot of times where I feel like I could have maybe done more than I did. And that might, like when I look back at like my first few launches, I think there's, I definitely just took a very maybe templatized approach or maybe just kind of copied what other people were doing rather than putting my own unique stamp on it, which I think that everyone should be encouraged to do, especially because I think that there is people, there is a lot of scope to be creative and product marketing. So yeah, I think that it's just thinking back on times I could have done more there or I guess times where maybe I haven't been like as close to the problem of of the sales team that that I could have been or like maybe had more empathy for my like sales partners and those kinds of things. So yeah, like while there isn't like that big catastrophic failure, I definitely look back, you know, I've been able to look back on things and, you know, we've all had a lot of time to reflect and kind of learn from those times where we could have done a bit more. That's totally fair. Well, call me when you have your first bomb launch. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll toast to it. It'll happen at some point. If you're it will. Up, right? <laughs> yeah, every launch I go into, I'm like, is this the one? Is this... <laughs> it doesn't feel great at the time, but then you brush it off and you learn a lot and you write up uh, retro and you kind of are on to the next thing. So it's yeah. all good. All right. Now let's move on to some of our rapid fire questions. So do you have any mentors? That's my first one for you. Yes. So definitely the reason that I feel that I've been able to get this far in my career is because I've had so much help from amazing people. Every single manager that I've had at LinkedIn have been amazing mentors in different ways. So my first manager is a sales leader in, in the company and I've called him up radically as I've been in and the product marketing role over the last number of years to help me understand salespeople, help me get into their mind a bit more. And he always has such great things to say. My current manager is absolutely amazing and has so much experience, especially in being a PMM at my company. Like she's been there like 10 years, which in tech is so rare. Like people, people move around so much. So it's great having someone who just understands the business so much. And yeah, my another manager I've had at LinkedIn like the person who I guess hired me and moved me gave me the opportunity to move to London has been an amazing mentor for me and has been someone who I would say it's like that one step further and is like that sponsor and that person who will I guess you want that idea of someone who like bring your name up when you're not in the room and I'm just incredibly grateful that I've had that amazing support and throughout my time at LinkedIn specifically and then yeah I think there's lots of people that are my mentors but don't know they're my mentors (laughs) as well and so I have lots of peers from college and from other places I've worked I love to use as like a sounding board and all of that so I think that the thing about mentors is that what I've learned is it's kind of the same like saying about just relationships in general that idea that some mentors are is it a reason for a season or for a lifetime like there are some mentors that you might use just for you might have just for a very specific period of time or just to help you with one specific thing be it I want to get better at public speaking or want to get better at developing thought leadership and they're going to just like really coach you for that specific period of time for a reason or then there's just going to be people who are going to be in your life for a very long time and I hope that a lot of my mentors are and yeah I'm excited to maybe be a mentor for someone else one day like or many people because like I'm so unbelievably grateful for the trust and people have put and the time they put in, in me as well so far. 
I love that. The reason a season or a, a lifetime. lifetime. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. That's really great. We've also been talking on the podcast about friend tours instead of mentors. The peer mentors. <laughs> gonna I have a lot of them. I think is that. <laughs> what do you think is the most important thing if there was one thing you could name to growing your career? I think that it is making your intentions known um, to, I guess, yourself and then to as many other people as well. Like going back to my, my point about how I kind of found myself at LinkedIn and then how I moved into the product marketing role, I felt like a broken record, to be honest. At every, felt like every person I talked to, I was just talking to them about how I wanted to be a product marketer. But honestly, it's the thing that I have seen work time and again is that idea of just being very honest about what you want to do and where you want to go and you'd be surprised as to the number of people that are so willing to help you and I think a lot of people talk about this idea of like manifestation and if you set goals and say them to yourself enough that it'll happen but I really believe that without that intention like making people know about them it might still happen but it's going to be a lot slower getting there you need people that are going to bring you along. I totally agree. I've been working on a vision statement recently with a cohort of women at Adobe and it's just nice to have accountability and share that intention. And now I'm starting to share it a little bit more broadly, but I totally agree having that intention. And then actually I made a little short version of it into my password. So I type ah, it in, you know, 10 times a day. I think <laughs> I got that tip from that book, Girl Boss a while ago, but yes, I totally agree make that intention, but then share it and then find out ways to incorporate it for you in your career as well, or in your daily life. Yeah. That's great advice. What do you think makes an amazing product marketer? The word that first pops into my head is definitely empathy. When you're a product marketer, you touch so many different areas of the business and so many different functions. And if you're able to be that person who is able to understand where people are coming from and what success means for them, I think that it will make you stand beyond any other product marketer. Like having empathy for your customers, obviously, is number one most important. Understanding what their pain points are, how your product or solution is going to help them from a sales name and perspective understanding how much pressure they have as being on the front lines of the business and being that revenue generating part of the business and how you can help them and help each other and yeah and then empathy I guess for your other marketing peers who are going to event who are all going to be banding together to help you with your go to market so I think that that is definitely number one and yeah you can have all the product knowledge in the world which is obviously important but if you don't have knowledge about how other people feel or what's important to them it doesn't really matter um, if you ask me love that just a couple more questions for you yeah. why product marketing yeah I just love the breadth of people that I get to work with get exposure to every day I love being in the thick of where the innovation is happening in the organization and being able to be that person who's, I guess, bringing that to life and bringing that to market for people. So I think it's a fantastic career path. Like I'm biased, but I think it's like the best marketing function. And I guess another thing that why product marketing is that, especially in Europe or just outside of the US in general, it's still so new and kind of more up and coming. So that always really drew me to it because there's so much scope for us all in 
in product marketing to define what the role is because yeah one thing that people like everyone always kind of struggles when someone asks you what is product marketing it's like oh it's so different depending on the company I think it's just because it's just still such early days and it's really exciting that we can kind of all be working together as one large community to be defining what that is and it's not something that's set in stone it's kind of a like living moving thing that's so wonderful and last question for you Kelly what's next for you yeah, I guess I'm figuring that out when I, I've listened to so many of your other podcasts and the amazing guests you've had and everyone has such amazing careers that I admire so much. So would love to, you know, I definitely see all those people as role models for my career and would love to have something similar. In terms of what's immediately next, like I guess I would love to get more experience in that inbound product marketing function, working closer with product organizations, influencing roadmaps, working on validation of content concepts that kind of thing is what's really interesting me and from my learning curve perspective and I guess yeah moving to London was one of the best things I ever did personally and professionally and I would love the opportunity to do that again get even more international experience so when things open when the world opens back up again that would be something I'd definitely love to explore as well so I think yeah it's exciting there's lots of different paths I can go down I guess it's for myself maybe other people at the same career stage as me it's like just kind of reminding yourselves that this point there's no kind of wrong decisions there's just from a career perspective they're just different ones and yeah they'll just another one of your guests Trisha who you had on your first season you know talked about career paths not being linear that it's a bit more of like a jungle and I think it's just about having that mindset a bit more and not being like afraid to go into that jungle and into the unknown a bit more so yeah I'm excited to see um, what's what's in there what's in the jungle That's so wonderful. Well, Kelly, your career has been inspiring to so many so far. I'm so excited you were able to share your journey with us today and what's next. I think you have a bright career ahead of you and it was so great to pick your brain a little bit today. Thank you so much for being part of the show. It was wonderful having you. Thank you very much. Like delighted that like this is my first podcast and I'm so thrilled to be part of it. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K, the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It is the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, so things that you liked or things you want to hear more of, please send me a note on LinkedIn or feel free to email podcasts at sharebird.com. That wraps another episode of Women in Product Marketing. Be sure to subscribe and share Women in Product Marketing with someone you think will love it. Next week, I get to speak with Div Manicamp, the Global Director of Services and Portfolio Marketing at Lenovo. Thank you for all of your support and catch you next week. Thank you.